In this episode of the Euktropolis podcast, Jolt Schaefer and the Ukulele Fun Book. Welcome back to the Euktropolis podcast. I'm your host, James Hill, and today we have a special guest. My good friend Jolt Schaefer is here. Jolt is the author of a brand new ebook that's coming out this week on Euktropolis. It's called Ukulele Fun Book. It's not a method book, it's an activity book for kids of all ages. It's full of puzzles and games and crafts so that students can learn while they play and play while they learn. Stick around, meet the author of this exciting new resource. Just a bit of background, Jolt is a man of many talents. I first met him on theukuleleway.com. He's since become part of the team that runs the Euktropolis website. He's also a Jehui certified ukulele teacher. And I guess, Jolt, I just want to start with like a little bit about you. Like For people who don't know you, uh, a lot of people on Euktropolis do know you, but for those who don't know you, uh, like sort of where are you and in the world, and how did you come to discover the ukulele? Well, the, I live in Hungary right now in a, in a, in a little town near, near Budapest. And uh, the ukulele was uh, kind of kind of a, a, a coincidence that, that I met it. I never never studied music before or had any musical background besides some uh, short uh, tries on harmonica and drumming, but uh, but that was not really uh, much. Um, and then I don't know how I came to, to watching TED Talks. Uh, I, I somehow found Jake Shimabukuro's uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, which I really liked as a kid because my dad had old, old Queen albums uh, <laughs> and on LP, so we, we listened to that and, uh, and that was it. So, uh, and then when I, when I uh, discovered it, I, I, I took a listen and uh, I really liked it, but I, I didn't have an idea what a Nukulela was before that. And it was like, I don't know, seven years ago or something. But then, then I started Googling and, and then I found, uh, I think you, you playing uh, Smash the Window in, in some Hawaiian uh, ukulele <laughs> festival. I yeah. really liked that one. Uh, and, and, and then I realized that you have the ukulele way because that, that was literally starting back then, like 2014 yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. That was just so, the very beginning, yeah. Yeah. So, and then I thought about it, thought about it. Yeah, signing up, signing up. What should I do? And, and I, I went for, for random YouTube lessons for like a year. And then I said, no, <laughs> this has no point. This, this has no point. <laughs> so I have to do something structured. And, and then I finally subscribed to the ukulele way. So uh, that's how I ended up. And, and, um, I love to explain things, so that's <laughs> that's also so. <laughs> well, so well, that's when, kind well, of how I discovered you, right? Because yeah, you because you were in there explaining things and helping people in the community. I think more than I was at that time. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that was kind of kind of, and I and I also felt, yeah, should I really do this? I mean, I mean, 
there's the expert, so who am I to, to talk about this? But but I only took the, the questions who I have a have an answer to, mm-hmm. and also that that I went through because because that's the the essence of community. If you have been through uh, some sort of trouble already, then why should others go the same same way? Right. So why not help them? It was perfect because in, in there were lots of cases where. I couldn't remember not knowing a particular thing, and but you had just been through this learning experience, which, so you were much yeah. closer to the students yeah, and yeah, where they yeah, were, yeah, and 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 you could help them along in a more sort of uh, you know hand in hand kind of a way, which was great. And and then and then I just I think we finally met at the ukulele festival just outside of Prague, right? Yeah, yeah, that was the in, in the brewery. Yeah, um, the brewery. That was a great uh, night. <laughs> so, so super fun. Still yeah. one of my favorite gigs, actually, of of my ukulele festival, you know, experience. But at that point, I sort of met you, and I thought, is this guy for real? Like, is he really as warm and friendly and helpful as he seems online? You know, because people can, people have their sort of online persona, right? And and then I thought, well. Maybe he's maybe he's not like that. Maybe maybe he's the opposite of a troll. Like he's super okay. <laughs> kind on the internet, but then in real life, he's just a total troll. Uh, but okay. you know, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I mean, and then I met you there, and you were with your dad, and and you, yeah, yeah, he was taking pictures because yeah, yeah. So he was he was he was a photograph. <laughs> oh yeah. And at that point, I thought, mm, if you want a job uh, at, at uh, the ukulele way and eventually Uktropolis, then, you know, you've got it. And ever since I've known you, you've been experimenting with uh, games, really, and, and fun ways of engaging particularly uh, young students, your own kids, um, you you have a lot of long meetings in your day job where you're actually very productive. You make beautiful, whimsical drawings and you invent musical games and then you bring all of that stuff into your teaching. So is that where this starts? Uh, I mean, tell me about this fun book and where it began. I, I always, yeah, I, I, I try to make games out of it, uh, out of my teaching and and like rolling dice for for um, matching intervals and some stuff and but i i did it like i took wooden building blocks from my kids and just drew the intervals on those and and we just played it uh, this game in my, with my students then we rolled the die and then what interval ever came out they had to play that and mm-hmm. then rolled again and that's how we made the melody up but it, it's just <laughs> that's so cool this, this kind of kind of things that when you, you have to you have to uh, keep the eyes sparkling, you know. That's mm. that's mm-hmm. so. Uh, and uh, did, how do you find that that goes for different types of students? I mean, I can imagine a kind of attitude, a, a certain type of student would really take to this kind of uh, randomized kind of gameplay approach to learning. Do, do you find that it's good for everyone or do some students take to it more easily? Well, you have to, in my experience, you have to have to, it's a, it's a try and error uh, thing mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. if you try and you see it, it doesn't work, then you, you just change it or you just try diff, something different. This is, is like, until you get your students know uh, more uh, then then you have to experiment but then if it, once once you know them then then you will find uh, ways to to interact with them 
more easily. Yeah. Now, so you, in other words, you think you, you basically, you, you never give up on the game. You, you, yeah, no, uh, no, you just, just keep changing the game until it fits uh, the yeah, student. Yeah, that's right. that exactly right. Because sometimes I just, I just, but when I see, when I am teaching online now, so that's that's kind of kind of different. But when I when I see that they they are tired and something, then I just have them jump around with their ukes and, tr- and drumming on the uke and we don't not even playing anything because because then i see they they need something uh, else than than sitting and playing and we, meanwhile you you have to always try to uh, teach something too so not just not just playing so because because i mean the parents are paying for it and then you have to give them something so <laughs> not just mm-hmm. not just babysitting and it yeah, it's not babysitting what we do. <laughs> so <laughs> ideally but, not. Yeah. yeah. So oh, once in a while, maybe. Yeah. Um, let, let's just go back for a second and and um, actually describe uh, this book for people who haven't seen it yet. So I've got a copy of it right here with me on my screen. And can you describe what this thing is? So people have never seen the, uh, this uh, fun book before. What is it, and what does it look like? Yeah, I have a, have a printed copy here actually, and so mm-hmm. it's 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 kind of a, um, you know these you know these these books where what you can get your kids during long car rides, so just <laughs> right, keep them busy. Activity book, yeah. Activity book, yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of an activity book, but but it's it's sneaky because it it teaches something on each page. So that that's <laughs> because usually my experience, uh, these books are like. Really, just keep the kids busy, and 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 there's no concept behind those. So if 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 there is a, a puzzle, then it it doesn't connect to any other puzzles. So what I what what is that? What it does? It, it's a sort of sort of activity book, but with a, with one goal in in mind that is and that is stealth teaching. So the kid learn kids learn something without being aware of uh, that they are learning. Right, stealth teaching. So, that's yeah. that's a great that's a great way to put it. I, this coin for you from you, I think. <laughs> I think I st- I think I stole it from Nancy Piver. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know so. who she stole it from. And, and and at first glance, I mean, as I'm flipping through the pages here, it does look in some ways like uh, it's a mix between like a coloring book and an activity book and a music method book, right? It's it's a whole bunch of things. But let let's just take um, one example. Uh, like right off the right off the bat here, I'm seeing uh, something that is like really accessible, like the um, the word find, or I guess it's note find. It looks like uh, uh, Alpha Getty, you know, soup, and you have to find the 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 notes oh, yeah. within it, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But at the same time, then just a couple pages later, uh, I I see something that's a, a coloring activity. And then a couple of pages later, I he- I see something that's the mirror canon. I mean, this is suddenly uh, this is musically very sophisticated. Can you describe what the mirror canon is? Oh yeah, I found this. Uh, it's allegedly Mozart has written one of these. Uh, it's a mirror canon when when you can play a piece upside down. It's just and and it still makes sense. So so so, so, so let me get this straight. So, so one person can play it right side up. And then the other person plays it upside down. Or you can flip it around and play it again, and it's a different song. Oh. <laughs> but it still works. So, 
So and and you can you can you could play this in, in simultaneously. So one uh, mm -hmm. you put it in the middle of the table and then one person plays from one end and the other from the other. So and right. it, it kind of kind of intervenes. Um, That's um, so cool. Uh, and and this is the kind of the, like to me this is a different kind of approach to gaming. This is not just like let's have a tickle fight. You know, it's like yeah. let's yeah. do something where that is super fun and amazing and fascinating but that has this pedagogical purpose to it as well yeah that that, that was the goal that and, and it, it it's a, it's very differentiated in, in in difficulty also so because because then i experience kids have uh, sometimes uh, rougher days and they they are not uh, capable of doing any any anything more than a tickle fight so there <laughs> for you for you there is uh, there, there are the coloring activities, which is just right. color it and then have fun with it. And, mm -hmm. and by the way, each page is colorable. So we, we did it with being black and white because I initially wanted to have some color pages in there, but but then at the end we realized it's it's more economic to have in black and white if if it's gonna be an ebook. Mm -hmm. And also, why not color everything? So right, right. <laughs> so that, <laughs> Yeah, well, it's almost like when you when you supply the color, you take away some of the fun in some ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so let's just keep going through some of these some of the highlights here um, that teachers in particular and parents might be interested in. Let me see. Uh, this is one of my favorite. It's called Colorful Notes. Uh, students match colors to notes and then use those colors to essentially paint by number yeah uh, i'm going on to a page called mathalele where students are matching rhythmic values with numerical values yeah. understanding rhythm with this fun matching game uh, and obviously there's a ton of connection between math and music and you've brought that out in this book in in a really fun and accessible way but there's something else here. It's something that you've invented for this book, and it's called Udoku. Oh yes. <laughs> what What is Udoku? <laughs> so I'm I'm a big fan of Sudoku. I, I have like like each summer I I start with a with a with a Sudoku book like with, with 300 Sudoku whatever, and yeah. I end up end up filling some of these because I don't have that much time on the beach. So. Um, <laughs> But but each summer I buy one and then it just end up piling up. But I, I really love this, so I have one on my phone and that's that's what I bus ride and whatsoever. Mm. And then, although that has been become not that frequent lately. Yeah. Right. So and I and then I then I figured yeah you have nine numbers and then you have like seven note names plus the flat and the sharp. So why not use those? And it's basically a Sudoku with note names plus the flat and the sharp sign. And the fun about this is once you have filled out, it gives you just a random melody if you play them. So, <laughs> so you it, you can play those notes. Right. So, so I'm looking at it here, and it's it's basically you know like like a typical Sudoku, right? Like it. So it's a, a, yeah. a grid of nine. It's nine yeah. grids of nine, right? And, yeah. and and so you could fill you fill it out from however you want to fill it out, and like you say, you you end up not with just this like random set of numbers that doesn't mean anything, but you can actually go through and play it, and yeah. it would sound it well, could sound kind of nice, right? Because you're yeah. in a scale, yeah. It's you're in a, Although, a, a diatonic scale, right? Yeah, 
yeah. It's, well, it's, well, you'd have to decide the... how to do the how to do the flats and the sharps, uh, yeah. but you could fairly easily turn this into, uh, you know, extend it into a very creative exercise. Again, it's one of those things that looks kind of innocuous and fun. Like, who doesn't like Udoku? But at the same time, like a teacher or a parent could kind of decide like how far they want to go with this. Yeah. And uh, have you have you used this um, this particular one Udoku with students uh, no, yet? No, this one not. No, so just it's, um, because there's not that much time uh, often to to have them i have used different ones like um, the dice rolling exercise which is also uh, a part of uh, game in the book uh, right right so, so so actually actually let's just jump to that because i had a question about this this is i think this is maybe like the last page yeah yeah because you have to cut it, cut it out oh so, because you actually so. do cut it out so so yeah. this book actually comes with uh dice one two three four dice yeah and you cut them out and it's almost like a craft project like you glue them together right <laughs> yeah. so there's yeah. another you know uh time spinner right so you're actually cutting it out putting it together and then t- tell me about the uh, about the dice and w- what are they w- what's on them and what do you do with them so so there's one with with intervals um from second to to seventh so and if you roll, this is basically the same what I mentioned earlier, that if you roll the dice, you can just make up melody. Hmm. So you start on, on C or whatever your key you are in, then you roll the dice. Uh, you, you could have multiple of them, of course. So, but you roll once and then, or if each student has one, then they roll for each of their own. And right. then they play the note in sequence. Uh, in in reference to the note played last, so that right. you could you could go around with the students and each one uh, checks what uh, what's the interval they played and what the note the student next to them played. So they have to guess the interval and then play it and then, or you could turn it this into a, a, a note memory game, a music memory game. Then you have to remember what whatever whatever has been played already, mm-hmm. and you can roll the dice if you have remembered. Something like this. So there's there are lots of uh, ways to to get creative on this, and there's one with with selfish syllables. Mm. Right. Yeah. Well, oh, two, there, look, two there's them. two of those. Yeah. Because yeah, because because one is um, I think one is just uh, yeah the f- f- um, fa and t is just represented once on each uh, one. Oh, I see. Right. And uh, and but but the pentatonic uh, are uh, on on those both, so you need actually twice to to do a, a scale. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. And then and then you got one more there. And I have one with with one four five, which is just you make up your own chord progression. So that's right. uh, that's how that's how that's how it works. You just roll and play the. Um, just a basic, basic one, one, four, five. Uh, and, and so kind of chords. this one page of paper <laughs> with some scissors and a bit of glue can could literally be like infinite music lessons yeah. if yeah. you really embrace the, the creative and sort of randomized side of this. And, you know, the thing... The thing that I find, because I've done workshops a, a bit like this before, I've done a lot of uh, tune writing workshops with the ukulele, uh, where I use a deck of cards 
in a similar way mm-hmm. so we can and and i yeah. get these jumbo cards uh, from from i ordered them off amazon i couldn't find them anywhere else but they're huge cards and so that i can go around the room people pick a card and and everybody can see the card from the back of the room and it's a very similar sort of randomized uh thing and we create melodies based on those numbers and and it gets people doing creative things that they wouldn't normally feel comfortable doing like there's nothing more terrifying for most people than just the blank page right you say let's write a tune ready go you know that's just that's just terrifying (laughs) for (laughs) for anybody right so so these these things kind of uh, just help people along in the most gentle possible way. But I don't know about you, but what I find is that um, it's kind of like having a plan, you know, like you have a plan for what you're going to do this afternoon. And mostly that having the plan is just so that you know when you're not following the plan. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> you know, that's true. And, and I think with the with the dice and, and with the cards, that you know, I've found that oftentimes it's just an excuse to get going. And then yes, what yes, happens yes. is is that you know the, the creative juices kind of just take over, and then you start saying, "Oh well, okay, let let's just change that one." And I'm feeling it this way, and, and you really start to gradually take ownership for the way that 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 creative work is as, is unfolding. Have you found that too? That it's just kind of a it's an instigator, a way to get started, and then and yeah, then the yeah. kids and the students kind of start to take ownership. You need this nudge, yeah. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So sometimes, sometimes I I, I use uh, note reading cards, uh, which I which I hold them up uh, usually, and when they, when I when I just want them to learn the um, the note, you might mm-hmm. flip it over and then there is a note. But sometimes I I have them draw these, and then then play uh, the notes, mm-hmm. in whichever sequence they 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 come up. So that's that's kind of kind of the same uh, same randomized yeah. thing, and and they get they get like really excited about this. So just <laughs> oh, do it's one funny. more, do one more. <laughs> just, it, it sometimes it doesn't take much, right? <laughs> yeah, and if, if you if you have some fun fun words to the to the song, like mm-hmm. like rhythmically funny. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Cynthia had this this sheet of of uh, funny words like. Uh, big walrus and then you just clap the mm. the, the syllables so uh, and this is fun because you can actually make the song of about something silly so yeah. yeah well and silliness is definitely part of this book right oh yes i mean I, i'm looking at a page right now that just says silly staff yeah. <laughs> and it's got which, all... which one the solution or the, the puzzle um because... i i think I'm, I'm looking at page number seven right now okay this this the puzzle yeah okay <laughs> the, the puzzle i mean you got to see this to understand it you, you won't get the feeling for it on, on the podcast but it's it's fun because Sholten, you must have like a graphic design background or you have a strong interest in graphic design because this thing yes. looks great like you, you you have to see this and he's invented a bunch of musical symbols that are fake, right? And and you've blended them in with real legitimate musical symbols like a treble clef and a sharp sign and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But the ones that you've invented, which are the ones that the students have to pick out and say yeah. that's not real, the, most of them, except for the teapot one, most of yeah. them look like plausible. Like they, yeah. they might actually be... <laughs> real musical symbols can you tell us about like your interest in symbols and maybe like how your graphic design background is it like how does that all come to be yeah in high school i studied uh, to be an architect so i i took up drawing classes a lot so that's that's 
but I I switched to to programming, computer programming instead. So now I work in web design. Mm-hmm. But oh, my sister is a graphic designer actually. So so we have we have this kind of kind of uh, visual uh, thing in our family. Right, and your brother? Nope. Yeah, my brother is a photographer. Yeah, so yeah. my dad. So right, right. So so. Um, and and that's that's how we we, we have kind of this um, in the family, and, and that's that's interesting because uh, nobody played music, <laughs> so that's, that's <laughs> so this got, got completely different uh, way. But but at the end, uh, it all comes together. So right. Well, I mean, I don't want to give the impression to listeners that this book is only puzzles and coloring and uh, stuff like that because there is real music to play in it as well um yeah. like for example i'm going through and I, i'm looking at a page now that's called the single-handed blues oh, yeah, that's like you know uh obviously this is not your average you know exercise can you tell us what the single-handed blues is well, actually, actually, this is this is one exercise that I teach because I think it, it, there is there is an exercise in, in in the classroom book one when you learn the pentatonic scale that can be played right. by the left hand only. Mm-hmm. So, so that that's uh, I, the thing is, I wanted to have music in there as well, so not just coloring book. But then again, you just can't put songs in there that are regular average songs. Mm-hmm. It had to be some kind of of difference about them. So something, the, something quirky. Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's not the usual. Uh, so something is is odd or or unusual. something is odd, right? I is, like that. <laughs> so and this one, this one is actually uh, it was inspired by the by the um, ukulele orchestra of Great Britain when they had a mm-hmm. performance when they had pre-tuned ukuleles and they just they just strum it with with one finger and and right, i remember Yuks seeing were, that yeah yes were brought up to to the performers and they just would strum the chord so so in order to get this going it's a it's an eight bar blues so in order to get this going you need you need four people okay so hold on, you need four people and you and, need and, three ukuleles tuned to to the to the seven chords okay yeah. so each one is actually retuned so that the open strings are one chord in the song. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 And and the melody is just you can just play it with pull-offs and hammer-ons. And then so the melody is being played by just a standard a standard tune. You, oh, yeah. I see. Okay. So well, it's a quartet. You, you, yeah. Yeah. It's a quartet. Yeah. So you could you could play it uh, on any of these yokes, but you have to figure out right. then <laughs> how where to play it because it that, just really makes it more challenging so but but yeah. the way you would typically do it is one is standard tuned and then you've got three others that are retuned yeah, yeah. and and you basically whatever one whatever chord you're holding you wait until that chord comes and then you yeah. strum it yeah just strum and <laughs> right. without just without left hand then and without the left hand right so so yeah right so 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 in other words let, let me geek out on this just a little bit more the 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 melody player is using one hand and that's the, the left, left hand. Yeah. But yeah. the strummers are using one hand, and that's the, the right hand. Right. I yeah. see. Very good. That's gonna. That's super fun. Yeah. And this could work for like four people. It could also work for like forty people. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Yeah. And it could be a performance. Whatever they they end up doing this, uh, like uh, in a school. I don't know. Show and tell. So. Right. Right. 
That is so fun. Well, I, I actually had a had to wrestle a bit, a little bit with the with the melody. So, <laughs> but but at the end, it turned out turned out to be good. Yeah, wasn't as yeah as easy. Like it's funny how to make something seem effortless and fun. Yeah. So often it, it takes so much more planning. I mean, my one of my favorite examples of that is Jennifer Aniston in Friends. You know how she played Rachel, the character Rachel, and and uh, she was really like the character was a little bit ditzy and you know it was just kind of funny and goofy. But in order to pull that off and for it to really be actually funny, she had to be so good. She just couldn't be a goofy person and then play a goofy person on TV. Like that doesn't work. She had to be so much further ahead of the curve in order yeah. to pull that off. You know, so that, I mean, that's just one example, but I, I think it is true that this, the silly stuff often takes a lot of serious preparation. Okay. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm continuing to just flip through this amazing book. Uh, I see like a Tetris style, uh, puzzle i see matching style puzzles i see uh spot the difference puzzles more coloring i see connect the dots i mean this thing is just like packed like how did how did you ever find the time to do this and have a day job and three kids and like uh, yeah this that's why it took like a year and a half (laughs) so (laughs) so whenever whenever i have i have some spare time i just i just drew on these things Mm-hmm. Whenever I had an idea that could work, then I had just just make a, made a sketch of it and then and then then let it let it ripen uh, mm-hmm. until it comes. And and as I said, or as you mentioned, sometimes in my day job there is just a lot of waiting. When <laughs> when the code compiles, it's just you can just can't do anything. You just sit there and you right. have to wait. So. Um, that that's how how it, it sometimes there are, there are a lot of uh, of time to to, <laughs> to kill <dream>. and <laughs> to dream. yeah okay so so that's that's uh, that's how this came to existence and 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 late nighters also right. when I had an idea and oh I gotta finish this so and I didn't went to bed until like one 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 a.m. or something yeah no so, I love that I I I can relate to that because I do a lot of my work at at, at that time of day as well because uh, it's so quiet and there's no interruptions so what you know just to come back around and, and to sort of wrap things up a little bit here um, this book this fun book that you've been working on for so long and is so packed with so much amazing creative fun stuff this is coming out this week right mm-hmm. it finally yeah. it's happening uh, I'm really excited um, People can get the book from the Euctropolis website, uh, euctropolis.com slash funbook. Um, what, what are you hoping for after it's released? I mean, what, what are you hoping this will do for people? Uh, what are your dreams for the book here? Yeah, they, they should use it. So, so I, I think it's, the thing is why it is designed to, to be small uh, and so, it's designed to be a booklet, so you can print it and fold it in half, and then you have a, a compact um, thing that fits in a soprano case. And that's, that was a, right. one important thing. So kids could take this uh, with them to the beach or mm-hmm. to the grandma, whoever. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, have fun over the <laughs> over the spring break. Or, <laughs> um, but it it also has some some um, ways to for teachers to to have um, activities in class that are musical in a way, but not playing music. Right. So sort of uh, musical ish. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. instead of copying uh, sheet music from the from the from the whiteboard as we did as kids, just <laughs> it's much more fun. <laughs> right, and you know I can imagine using this during those during the any kind of uh, downtime in class. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, my um, childhood ukulele teacher was Jamie Thomas, which is one of the one of the biggest you know. G- bits of good fortune in my life was to have him uh, as a young person for uh, as a teacher. And one of the things that he did was he would often have uh, a piece of music or a challenge thing or a quiz, you know, sitting on the chair when you arrived because kids would filter in in their own time. And, you know, there was easily four or five minutes in the beginning of the class. It was kind of flex time when nobody was really doing anything. So mm-hmm. to have something that could that you can pick up and put down and jump into at any moment uh, but that is sort of purposeful and fun at the same time i can really see this filling that gap for teachers and students and i think that's a really uh, that's an overlooked um bit of time at the beginning at the end in particular that that we often uh, don't make the most of yeah and uh, and also take think on, on on listening exercises when you just put on a classical piece and kids in the classroom have to listen to this and then mm. what do they do with the hands so seeing my son jumping up around and le- reading uh, uh, standing on his head <laughs> just just happened last week just right, i don't know right. where it came from but he he did his reading exercises just <laughs> just upside down <laughs> so they actually get um, involved and in, in listening and um, but but having some activity that keeps them like not wanting to jump up right well and i think that i think that's so important to to keep in mind the different learning styles yeah. that you have in the classroom i mean for some kids for for a thin slice of the population just putting on the music and sitting there is totally enough yeah but then for the majority of the other kids, you know, they're, they're just going bonkers or they've got ants in their pants or, you know, they, they need to be engaged in some other activity. Yeah. And, and I absolutely think that this would be, you know, the perfect resource to have up your sleeve for moments like that. Yeah. Well, this has been really fun as, you know, it should be. It should be, it should be fun to talk about a fun book. And uh, I, <laughs> uh, I appreciate you taking the time to to talk yeah, through thank it, you. and and congratulations on on all the work that you put in, and and to have it to have it come out um, as beautifully as it has, and you've been in charge of really everything from from concept to design to layout, and it's come out in just such an amazing way. I I know teachers going to love it, parents are going to be excited about it too, especially as we head into spring break and to, yeah. you know, an unknown future where, you know, our kids going to be home, are they going to be at school? And you got to have those uh, activities ready for them. So um, thank you, Joel. This is a, a great contribution. And um, thanks for uh, taking the time to chat with me today. Thank you for having me.
Thanks for tuning in to the Euketropolis podcast. Special thanks to my guest today, Jolt Schaefer, who's the author of a brand new resource called Ukulele Fun Book. It's not a method book, it's an activity book for kids of all ages, full of ukulele puzzles and games. You can learn all about it at euketropolis.com slash funbook. You can even download a free climbing gecko kit. And if you don't know what a climbing gecko kit is, well, head on over to euketropolis.com slash funbook. Thanks so much for tuning in. And until next week, keep on strumming.